Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast. We are hanging out after game one of the Stanley Cup final. Of course, the Colorado Avalanche were 4-3 winners in overtime over the Tampa Bay Lightning to take game one at Ball Arena. It was Andre Burakovsky who was the hero. He's seen some scratches in these playoffs, but he plays hero in game one with the overtime winner, what, a minute and a half into the bonus frame. Of course, it came on a brilliant feed from Valeri Nikushkin, who I think was the star of the game. He was tormenting lightning defenders all night. He finished with more shots than anyone in the game. Not quite more shot attempts, but I think more meaningful looks. If you look at it, definitely led the team, led the game rather in individual expected goals. He was a force, and maybe we'll talk about him in a little bit. But I think most important than anything else is that this game, the game one victory for Colorado, set the groundwork for a series that could be befitting, finally, of a legitimate championship series in the NHL. Of course, the ones we've seen before are legitimate and have been great Stanley cup finals, but this for the first time is like true best on best. And we know as hockey fans, we don't get true best on best very often, even though we should be getting that every four years guaranteed at the international level, international level. Uh, but I digress. This is for the first time in a long time, the two best teams undoubtedly, and they look to be both at the top of their games. I think Colorado winning this game in the manner that they did sets up for what should be a long and memorable and awesome series. Like, just look at the last two seasons. Of course, they were, they were played in half-empty buildings or fully-empty buildings, uh, in bubbles. But also, like, the matchups weren't great. Tampa beat the Dallas Stars, who... All due respect to Dallas Stars fans, they're not the most exciting team. And of course, the Montreal Canadiens, who probably didn't even deserve in a regular year to be in the playoffs, but got to the Stanley Cup final, and it wasn't that competitive. But this can be very, very competitive. And I think Colorado beating Tampa in game one sets up for it to be the most competitive. And, you know, it was Burakovsky who scored the winner. But as I mentioned, Nikushkin, I thought, was the hero. Um, for the Colorado Avalanche, I think the most dangerous any team looked at any point is when McKinnon, McCarr, and Nikushkin were on the ice together, three players as part of a five-man unit. I thought that was when Colorado was at its best, uh, and it certainly showed in this game with Nikushkin being the difference in, in a lot of ways. And I think McKinnon and McCarr will probably have their time, and they were dominant at times in this game as well. Uh, but the player that stood out the most uh, in a sea of superstars was Valeri Nikushkin, who 
is going to be hitting the open market very, very soon if he doesn't decide to sign with Colorado before that. And I cannot get Connor McDavid out of my mind when I think about Valeri Nikushkin. I think he would be the perfect winger. Speed, size, smarts, very good defensively. Why waste all that money? Waste all that money. Why spend all that money on a Vander Kane when you could give that same money to a guy like Valeri Nikushkin? I'm not convinced he doesn't deserve more on the open market because uh, I think he's one of the most underrated players in the game. And I guess he became a little bit more rated after his performance in game one. But aside from like this, the maybe emerging superstar that stood out among all the other superstars was the rest of this game sort of followed, I think, what we might expect from the series script, which is the avalanche pressing a lot and out shooting, not, not quite doubling, but close to doubling the lightning and shots and so many more shot attempts and forcing the lightning to block a ton of shots. I mean, that's the stuff that I think we all expect. And the lightning also hitting on the counterattack is something we expect. All their goals were sort of born out of that, at least it seems, um, based on the big moments with uh, Nick Paul scoring his goal. Um, and, uh, of course, the other moments uh, that led to those that them tying the game in the second period. Uh, it seems like it could be a lot of that counterattack. Uh, and, and certainly the Kucherov and Palat goal, which we'll talk about in a second, that was that's how the Lightning are at their most dangerous, hitting on the counterattack. And if there were sort of two surprises, it was how easily the Avalanche scored with their early chances and the chances that we expected them to get with them being the more aggressive team and shot out of a, a shot out of a cannon right away with altitude being in their favor. Forget rest versus rust altitude is probably the biggest thing. And we probably should have been thinking about that and talking about that a little bit more, but they scored so easily on their attempts early on. But what was more surprising maybe was how easily that lead was given up. And especially that Kucherov moment, uh, a harmless two on two where um, the best defensive pairing in hockey is given an opportunity to handle two immensely talented players, but not a situation that should be harmless in any way but Kucherov makes Devon Tays look silly for maybe the first time I've seen all season. And of course, Palat beats Makar to the spot uh, in the decisive moment where the goal goes in behind Darcy Kemper. So two things I think we'll probably look to clean up would be Vasilevsky early. And then the avalanche, if they do get that lead, they do have to do a better job protecting it, even though they were able to pull out the win uh, nonetheless. But Vasilevsky's problems, uh, of course, giving up those early goals, it's been sort of a repeated pattern for him. His game ones have been problematic for the Tampa Bay Lightning. 37% of his total goals given up in these playoffs have come in the game ones versus Toronto and Florida and New York and now Colorado. 16 of the 43 goals he's given up, given up in the entire playoffs. What is it? Seven games in the first round, four, 11, seven games in the in the third round, 18, 19. So 16 of his 43 and 19. So he's almost given, he's just given up more than two on average per game, but 16 of those goals have come in those game ones. So I'm not sure why that would happen. I, we know this is a goaltender who is really capable of getting up for the moments that matter. And I guess game ones matter 
the least, especially on the road, I guess, if you're a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning, who started each of their three, three series and now four series on the road. They've been playing from behind, and that hasn't been an issue. But Vasilevsky, when he has to be great, is great. And I guess in these game ones, he hasn't had to be great. And we'll see if that uh, bulletproof resolve of his does show once again. Uh, key matchups. I, this wasn't like, you know, there's the first game is always a feeling out process. And we see what the coaches want to do and then we see how they adjust. But there wasn't much hard matching in the game. Uh, I think if Jared Bednar had it his way for Colorado, Kale McCarr and Devontae's would be out against that Kucherov line with Stamkos and Pilat as much as possible. And despite that one moment where they looked foolish, they did an amazing job against that top line of Tampa Bay's. I think they only gave up two shots. Uh, at five on five, one of them being that Pilat goal. So I think McCarr and Tapes can handle them. They just probably can't get complacent when they think they probably have those two bottled up because we know that Kucherov and Pilat uh, can have that skill shine through despite what the situation may be. Uh, we did see the top line of uh, Nathan McKinnon, Nikushkin, and Gabriel Landeskog play a lot against Eric Cernak and Ryan McDonough. That is probably by design on both sides. I mean, I, I don't think that the Colorado Avalanche would shy away from that, but clearly that's what John Cooper wanted from the Lightning side was to get a shutdown pair out against uh, the Colorado Avalanche's top line, but they did a pretty good job. I mean, Nathan McKinnon was dominant throughout. I think the shot attempts were probably about two to one with McKinnon's line uh, against that Cernak unit. And there was one moment of the game where Nathan McKinnon completely broke the ankles of Eric Cernak and uh, had a great chance on Andre Vasilevsky. But other than that, there wasn't much hard matching. We saw a lot of players see a lot of the opposition. And uh, for that reason, I guess both coaches have a lot of data that they can take home with these two days off and see if they can create some advantages uh, for their lineups. There was a player that struggled. Maybe Victor Hedman is it. Uh, I think he had a difficult time in this game. It didn't really matter who he was playing against. And I think it was probably pretty symptomatic that he was kind of caught out there on the winner from Burakovsky, where he just uh, kind of got stuck in the mud. He was not great with his gaps. And it was Burakovsky who scored sort of right in front of him with him kind of stuck at a position and not being able to get in front of those block shots. Um, speaking of block shots, one thing that did stand out for me when I was looking at the data after the game was, I mean, the, the shot attempts in favor of the Avalanche was pretty severe. Um, but, and they, and for that reason, I mean, they, they got a lot on Vasilevsky, but they also forced um, the Lightning to block a lot of shots. But the Avalanche blocked more shots than the Lightning did, despite that up to, or that uh, pretty serious advantage in shot attempts. So, you know, Darcy Kemper only had to make 20 saves. Of course, gave up three on 23 shots is not great but the Colorado avalanche blocked more shots than Kemper had to make saves, which is uh, probably important because there's a difference in the goaltending here. So if they can be as defensively responsible, the avalanche as the lightning are, and they can have that advantage of shots and shot attempts and scoring of chances, that may be how they make up for the fact uh, that they might not have the better goalie in this series. If they can be just as good from a shot blocking uh, standpoint, um, that can go a long way in helping Darcy Kemper make up for this uh, um, perceived disadvantage, I guess we'll say. Uh, other than that, Braden Point looked really, really good in his return. He wasn't available to the media because he, he was getting treatment. Hopefully that doesn't mean that um, 
he's uh, going to be limited anyway moving forward in this series, and that's just something he's going to have to deal with throughout. We did not see Nazem Kadri or Andrew Cogliano are dealing with, I think, similar injuries. Kadri, I believe it's a broken thumb. I don't know if that's been confirmed yet, um, but he's dealing with a thumb issue, had to have surgery. Hopefully we see him in the series, but it didn't really matter uh, from the middle six depth standpoint for Colorado. If there was one big, big advantage, it was the fact that their middle six kind of dominated whatever their matchup was versus the Lightning in this game. You know, that's one thing about the Avalanche is that they are so deep and so uniform in their speed and their attack. And there really wasn't much of a let up, even though the memorable moments came from Nikushkin and McKinnon and McCarr. I mean, that pressure was always on the Avalanche, forcing them into those block shots, those tough saves from Vasilevsky, and eventually that breakthrough on the second line uh, from Burakovsky. Um Another part of the series, which is great, is that the crowds look like they're going to be sensational. I said uh, at the top there, yeah, that we missed so much from the last two series from the two teams that were playing. But of course, we miss the atmosphere as well. Like Montreal had very little fans. Two years ago, we had no one in the bubble. But Colorado's crowd was awesome. Start to finish, they were cheering like their team didn't give up two two-goal leads in the game. Uh, they were awesome throughout, of course, the Blink-182 sing-alongs. All that is great stuff, and Tampa's crowd is always good as well. So we have it all. We have the recipe here. We have two spectacular teams, the best in each conference, two spectacular crowd, two great atmospheres. This is all setting up to be an unbelievable series, and this is just an early look at what we've got because I think this was the ideal game one with the Colorado Avalanche taking it, testing the lightning's resolve in game two and maybe more critically if they lose game two and have to get back in the series with two games on home ice next week but either way i have a feeling this is going to go deep this is going to be highly entertaining we might not see seven goals in overtime in each game but i think we're set up to be highly entertained in the 2022 stanley cup final that's it for my breakdown in game one we'll have more game two julian mckenzie on sunday and i'm gonna see if we break down each game, but uh, we'll have all the written stuff. We'll have it all covered here at Yahoo Sports. The 2022 Stanley Cup final is worth covering in depth, and we are surely going to do that. That's it for the Game 1 recap. We'll see you for Game 2. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 